I'm going to shout whether that thing's on or not. Here we go. Good to see everybody this morning. How about them trumpets, huh? I, I, yeah. You know, one day that's what we're going to hear as it starts. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Because it, uh, the day of trumpets is in 20 days from now. It, it'll be on 20 days from now. Actually on that Saturday of the day of prayer. So uh, uh, you just never know. And so today I just hope that the, the lesson clicks and we begin, to, we begin to see it. I mean even deeper. We're just building this thing up. And uh, what a beautiful day and week and everything it's been. Um, you know what? I was so proud of the community of Perrigan for holding a homecoming yesterday. Amen? Because, you know, and I, and I told a few of them and, and those who were working there and, and doing the things that, you know, they canceled the county fairs. They've, they canceled the fall foliage festival. They canceled the state fair. They're doing all this stuff. You know what? We need a little national pride, don't we? We need a little community gathering, don't we? Amen? Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. We're still going to do that. Amen. Okay, so on that, yay, thanks, Dave. And uh, Amen. And that's the sweet, that's Sweet Smoothie Cafe on the north side of the square, right in the middle. And support him and Karen in, in that. And, uh, you know, t- times are tough when they told everybody to quit meeting and quit doing. And, and uh, they need our support. Everybody does. But thank you to all of those who worked with the Perrigan Homecoming and with all of that. And uh, one of the things that they told me was, keep them in your prayers, especially for the next couple of weeks. Because you don't want any thing to to kick back and say oh you gathered together and look what happened so let's be in prayer that nothing happens and that everybody's okay all right so that's going to be one of our prayer points Berean chapters we got a bunch of them if you want to study them this week to kind of go over everything and let it meld together with you you can write them down take a picture uh whatever you need get in touch with us um whatever it takes and um um, we've got, what's my, my next slide, Miss Paula? The end times. Okay, we're still having class Monday, right? Tomorrow, even though it's a holiday, we're going to go ahead and have the class. And it's a special DVD, right? It's going to be a special DVD on more current, up-to-date things, right? The peace plan and everything else, something. So if, if you're interested, we've been having a great time on Mondays. And uh, a lot of information, and there's going to be uh, talking about the peace plan and some some things that's happening right now. So um, if, if that interests you, be here tomorrow at six o'clock in the gym, and uh, we'll get together and have a good time on that. The day of prayer, we got the day of prayer coming up also on the 26th on the on the day of trumpets. <laughs> Boy, there's too many weird coincidences happening right now with some things but there's going to be a day of prayer we're involved it's going to be up on the square uh, but also we're going to have this building opened with uh, the on li- live stream video if 
people want to be here and want to show up and can't be downtown, if, if that's where you'd rather be, we have the ability to be open and to show the live stream of the day of prayer that's going on actually at Washington, D.C. with all of the people who have organized it. So, and, and also Dave's going to have his shop open as a home base uh, on that day for the day of prayer on the square in Morgan County. So, and you're going to see in the middle of today's lesson, it's amazing how God weaves all of this stuff together. But we're just now hitting me where we were in the middle of our lesson today. Whenever we get to Daniel 9, you're going to see how important prayer is for our country and our communities. Okay. And uh, speaking of prayer and all of that, uh, next slide. Looky there. It's getting hot in here. I don't want my eyes to start sweating. But there's my buddy. I talked to him this morning. He's doing good. And he wants to let you all know how much he misses you and not able to be here. He misses you so much. And we've got a couple more that, that hasn't been here for a while too with uh, Dave and Susie. And I want to get over and see them this week. And I want to get their picture up here until they can get back. Because we got some folks that are out there that are missing y'all. And that are hurting. But Melissa sent me this and said dad wants you to have this picture. And he wants to tell everybody how he's doing. And uh, what a great man he is. And a warrior for Christ. This week he had on the second he had his 88th birthday. And we said you know what we can't even switch that around. Any which way you go you're 88. <laughs> And uh, he started laughing, and he said, yeah, I guess I am. And uh, so I've got some names here that I'm going to pray for, but I also got a special prayer this morning before we get into our word. Um, if, if you guys want to come up, come up here, I want to I pray for Levi this morning. Don't these guys look good in their matching suits and everything? What fine young men you guys are raising. Don't know if I can do this. This little guy came into our lives a couple years ago. He's been adopted now. Praise God, he's part of our family. He's got a problem with his spine. It's at a 45 degree angle. And if they don't move it around, he won't, it'll be tough. So he's got to have that surgery this week. So we're going to pray for him. Father God, as your body of Christ here at this location, we humbly bow before your throne and we pray for Levi, Father. We love him. 
He's always smiling, no matter what's going on. He's got such a good heart, Father. We pray for your hand. Your mighty right hand to be upon him and all of those who will be taking care of him. We pray for the people who even clean the room, the linen, the tools, the instruments. We pray for everyone who will be involved. We pray that your hand is guiding their hand, that your mind is guiding their thoughts. We pray that your plan is in place, Father. We pray that you touch this young body and that you make it whole. Pray, Father, that you will be glorified in what you're about to do. And Penny and Nathan's also having surgeries if everything goes well with, with the, the COVID stuff and with the, all the plans. They both, in the future, in the next month and month and a half, will have surgeries as well. And we pray for them. In the same way, Father, we pray that you'll guard this family and that you'll protect them. Be with them now, Father. Give them a peace that passes all understanding and let them know that you've got this. We ask this, Father, in Jesus' name, as all of us say, Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. You're welcome. Wow. Got a lot more names on here of, of prayers, too, that, that needed to be offered. And uh, not only with Ron, but Doris had her gallbladder. And I talked with her yesterday, and she's doing well. And, and I don't know if uh, you remember Sherry, that's Vanessa's cousin that, was, that has the wheelchair. And with Abby, she had open-heart surgery uh, this week. And we prayed her in, and she had to have a, a whole new mechanical valve put in. But she's doing well. And recuperating fine. And so, uh, and Vanessa had some issues this week too. And, and, and so did Dorothy and Bill. So we've just been praying for everyone. And, and please, if, if there's things like that going on with you in your life, let us know so that we can pray for you. We, we pray for Michelle all the time too, Johnny's wife. So we've, we've got a lot of folks that we, that we pray for. So uh, uh, please let us know that. Wow. Are you ready for the lesson? Last week, we were introduced to the idea of God's calendar. We wanted to know what that looks like. Because we said that just like us, he's going to follow his calendar. He's not going to be interested in my calendar or anyone else's. And that we found out that God actually has a calendar. And that he puts his big events on that calendar. And we see up here that, that in Leviticus 23, when it talks about the special feast days, that all of those um, combine together to be fulfilled in Christ Jesus that we saw. These are his appointment dates that are written in stone and they will happen. We went to Leviticus 23 last week and we looked a little bit at these celebrations and we saw how that they are God's declarations and that how Christ in his first advent fulfilled each and every one of the spring feasts, that there are seven of them, 
four in the spring and three in the fall with summer in between. And folks, we are in the summertime right now. We are in the middle ground and we're going to reveal what that looks like today in this lesson. If you want to turn to Daniel 9 and be prepared, I'll be there in a moment. Uh, I want you to get a head start on me. If you want to mark Leviticus 23, even Exodus 19 if you want to, those will be three passages that we're going to deal with today. Exodus 19, Leviticus 23, and Daniel 9. But as, as you're turning there and marking these down, those spring feasts, the, the Passover, the unleavened bread, the first fruits, and Pentecost, all of those were fulfilled in that last 53-day period of when Christ was crucified, when He was buried, when He was resurrected, and when He ascended to the Father to be on the right hand, and He gave a gift back, which was the gift of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, He said, You're to wait here until you receive that power on high. And they waited there. In Acts chapter 2, the Spirit came down with power, and the people said, What is this? And they began explaining to them that this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. That the father is going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And that your sons and your daughters are going to have all of these dreams, visions, things that are going on. Things are going to be revealed to you that have been mysteries forever and ever. And then it was said this. It said, men and brethren, this same Christ that you crucified fulfilled all of these things. They're done. And they said when they were pricked in their hearts with this fact, what shall we do about this? He said in verse 38, repent. Be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you will receive that gift that he is giving to us of the Holy Spirit. And it was a promise that was promised to you, to your family, to everyone who is afar off as many as the Lord our God shall call. And we're going to have one of those today. We're going to have a baptism. And what I want you to know is if you are here in this audience today and you have never named Jesus as your Savior and you have never been baptized into Christ, I pray that after hearing what we're talking about today that you will join that individual in baptism. We're going to be in there. And if you're ready, today is your day of salvation. Christ fulfilled those first ones. And we saw last week how that that rang true. And Paul wrote of these things. And he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6 through 8, Indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. The second feast was the burial. It was the unleavened bread. And it represented the sinless body that was offered up on the cross for the payment of sin. And that evening they removed Jesus from the cross. They wrapped him up with myrrh and aloes and spices, and they placed him in the tomb. And that was the fulfillment of the second one. The unleavened bread went into the tomb. And then after three days of being there, he arose again, and he, he appeared to Mary and to those in the garden and to the people. And that was the fulfillment of first fruits. That it says up there in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 20, but now... Christ is risen from the dead and He has become the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. And He fulfilled that one 
in his resurrection. And we noted how that Pentecost was the one where the gifts were given. We have been redeemed and gift was given. And I'm not covering it this year, maybe next year. As we get gather around this time period again, we'll see that it's also all a symbol of the marriage feast that takes place and how all of this that's represented also is woven into the history of the Jewish wedding and the feast. But that'll be for next year. So then, he says, Christ is risen from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And that ended all of the, the spring feasts. After 30 AD, the relevance of those feasts was over. Those feasts are also the history, I want you to know. It's the history of the ages of God. It represents the age of Israel up to the 69th week of Daniel. There's one week left. But in between, God has allowed it to go to the Gentiles. So that we also can hear the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ and be his ambassadors right now. And so there are 77s in Daniel to take care of the iniquity of Israel for their repayment. But God stopped at 69 and brought Christ so that all could be included in this regathering on his calendar. And I want you to see, I want you to be amazed today. I want you to be amazed at the precise accuracy and precision of God's calendar of God's word, how that he validates his word with everything that he does. So we are going to proclaim Jesus, that surely that if he fulfilled the spring feasts, he is going to fulfill the fall feasts as well. When the fall time comes on God's calendar, that trumpet is the first one of the fall feasts, and he is going to fulfill that as well. The Word of God says in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4, that when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his Son, who was born of a woman, born under the law, that he might redeem all of those who were born under the law. Romans 5 and verse 6 says that while we were still sinners and we were helpless, at the appointed time, at the proper time, Christ died for the ungodly. So what we are revealing here is that God has those moades we talked about. Feast days, celebration days that are on his calendar. And they're called appointed times. They are times that are appointed and will not change. And they will happen. And Christ came at the appointed time. You want to see how precise that was? If you turn there with me to Daniel 9, that's where we're going. I want you to see how precise that God is in his word of keeping his word and his appointments on his calendar. Let's begin reading in verse 1 and it says this. In the first year of Darius, the son of Azarius, of the lineage of the Medes, who was made to be king over the realm of the Chaldeans, that in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books that the number of the years that were specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish or fulfill 70 years for the desolation of Jerusalem. 
do you begin to see the precision? So precise is the Spirit that Daniel is saying, I want you to be able to tell through history. You can go back and look and check. In the first year of this king, who was the son of Ahasuerus, in the lineage of those Medes and the Chaldeans, in the first year, I, Daniel, was reading a book. Now I was reading the Word of God. And I was reading Jeremiah the prophet. And I, I want you to think about this. How many times are you going through situations in life and all of a sudden you're reading the Bible or you're watching something on YouTube or you're listening to a lesson and all of a sudden whatever passage you're reading or whatever you're hearing is applying right to your life right now. How many times does God work those things for you? And you like, oh my, it's like it's talking to me right now. And this is what I needed. Daniel is reading the book of the Lord of Jeremiah the prophet. And he's reading in Jeremiah chapter 25. And it's uncanny how God does this. And he was reading and as he's going through these pages, all of a sudden something amazing just jumps out at him. Something just jumps up and grabs a hold of him because he's reading there. And I'm going, to, I'm going to read to you what Jeremiah said. Here's what Jeremiah's read, he, Daniel's reading out of Jeremiah in chapter 25, beginning in verse 6. That he's telling how the Lord God had told his people not to forsake worshiping him. Not to go after other gods. Repent ye of your evil ways. Do not provoke me to anger with the works of your hands to your own hurt. And then verse 7. Yet you didn't listen to me, said the Lord. You didn't listen. Therefore, because you didn't listen to me, thus saith the Lord. Because you have not heard my words, behold, I will send and take all the families of the north, says the Lord. And there's going to be a king named Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. He's my servant. Do you see how sometimes God can even take a wicked kingdom and an ungodly man at the time and say he's my servant? Because he's going to be used by me as a tool to show you a lesson. I pray America never falls on the bad end of that. Nebuchadnezzar, my servant, king of Babylon, is going to come. And he's, I'm going to bring him. God controls history, folks. God controls history. And he says, I'm going to bring him against this land and all the people. And you will be utterly destroyed. You will be an astonishment to them. And there will be hissing and perpetual desolation. Do you know what that hissing means? They're going to be talking about you. You're going to be the buzzword of all the kingdoms. You remember how that God was so powerful and did this and that. But shh, don't you know that? He's put his people in captivity now. That's what the hissing means. It means that slow, that little noise you hear in the background as people are whispering. You're going to be the source of that because you have forsaken me. I will remove from you the voice of joy, of mirth, of the bride and the bridegroom. I will take all of that away from you. And then verse 11. And the whole land will be a desolation and an astonishment. And these nations, listen to this, my people, will serve the king of Babylon for 70 years. Then, then, 
It will come to pass when 70 years are complete that I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, the Chaldeans, for their iniquity, says the Lord. And they will become a perpetual desolation. And they still are over there in the desert of Iran. They are still a desolate area. But God says, I'm going to use them for 70 years. And then... Because they're going to be too harsh and they're going to go overboard on my people and punish them too much. I'm going to punish their iniquity as well. They're going to get theirs at the end. And then he says, I will. Now listen, folks, to the word of God in verse 13. So I will. That's a promise. When God says, I will do something, he is making you a promise. I will bring on that land... All my words that I have pronounced against it. All that is written in the book of Jeremiah the prophet. I will make it happen. So God has made a declaration and a promise. And you can bank on it. That was going to happen. And that's what Daniel was reading. Daniel was reading the book of Jeremiah. And he's like this is talking about me. Nebuchadnezzar came and took me into captivity. And then Daniel begins to look on his calendar. When was that? How old was I? That was about 70 years ago. That was 70. And the word of God says after 70 years I'm going to come and revisit this. And I'm going to free you and I'm going to do something to them. And so he's on that calendar. So now when we go back to Daniel 9, if you're still holding there with me, Daniel has just read this. And it jumped out, we are at year 70. So you know what Daniel does? He says, I, Daniel, understood by reading the book, the Word of God in verse 2, that the number of years that God specified, that He appointed on His calendar, that he ordained would be 70 years to accomplish the desolation of Israel. And Daniel began to look at that calendar and he said, man, he's talking about us. So he said, you know what I'm going to do? I hope God hadn't forgot. I hope God still remembers. I I hope he knows that this is coming on year 70. So you know what Daniel does? He begins to pray. At the realization of where he is, He begins to pray. And I want you to know something. At the realization of where America is today. And what the word of God says about times that come. Where are we at today? We're we're close to America being in trouble, aren't we? So you know what we need to do? Exactly what September 26th is all about. We need to pray. And I'm going to tell you what. They've talked about having me to do one of the prayers. I don't know. They haven't called me yet, Jim. It don't matter to me because I'll pray it here. I would rather be here than there anyway since we're going to have this open. But I'm going to tell you what. My prayer is going to mimic this one because I'm going to take Daniel's prayer and I'm going to write where it's talking about Chaldea or Israel. I'm going to put America and us and I'm going to rewrite this prayer And this is the prayer that I'm going to pray. And I want you guys to now listen as the man of God who's been in captivity for 70 years. And the word of God jumps out at him and says, this is what I've proclaimed. 
And now he wants to see the hand of God in action. This is his prayer. And I want you to listen to that prayer. Chapter 9, verse 3. Here's, here's how you begin to pray to God when you realize what's happening. Then, I, Daniel, I set my face towards the Lord God so that I could make requests by prayer, by supplication, with fasting, with sackcloth, with ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God. And I made confession to the Lord my God. And I said this. O Lord God, great and awesome God, who keeps His covenant and mercy with those who love Him, with those who keep His commandments. You see where he goes first? God's grace. God's mercy. God's covenant. Lord, you've made a covenant with Israel to be your people, but you made a covenant on how long it's going to be. We have sinned. We committed iniquity, Father. We've done wickedly. We've rebelled against you. We've departed from your precepts and from your judgments. Neither have we heeded your servants, the prophets, who wrote about these things, Father. We've forgotten all of those things. We've walked wickedly. We did not do right. O oh Lord God. Your name has not been spoken of to our kings and our princes and our fathers and all the people of the land. O Lord, verse 7, righteousness belongs to you, but to us, shame of face. We should have a shamefacedness before you. And as it is this day to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to all Israel, near and far, those in all the far off countries where you've driven us, because of the unfaithfulness which we committed against you. Oh Lord, to us belongs shame of face. To our leaders, our kings and our princes and our fathers. Because we have sinned against you. And to the Lord our God belongs mercy, forgiveness. And though we have rebelled against him. And then Daniel continues and he says, We didn't obey your voice, O oh Lord. We didn't walk in your ways which you set before us by your servants, the prophets. All of us have sinned and transgressed your way and departed. And we did not obey your voice. Therefore, see God keeps his word. Therefore the curse and the oath that was written in the law of Moses, your servant. They've been poured out on us because we've sinned against you. And he has confirmed his words which he spoke against us and against those who have judged us by bringing upon us this great disaster. And America, don't think that you're not going to be in the same boat because we have transgressed the way of God and went and left him just as Israel has done. As it is written in the law of Moses, this disaster has come upon us, yet we didn't make prayer. Before the Lord our God. You know what? We've failed to do that. We have failed to make prayer to you Lord God. Even though this is happening to us. We did not take it seriously. And turn our prayers to you. That we might turn from our iniquity. And understand your truth. And your way for us. Therefore the Lord God has kept 
disaster in mind for us and brought it upon us for the Lord our God is righteous above all and all the works that he does and we did not obey his voice and now O Lord God you brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand you made for yourself a name in that day and we have sinned as in this day we pray that you're going to make a name We've done wickedly, O Lord, according to all your righteousness, I pray. I pray this. Let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city, Jerusalem, from your holy mountain, because of our sins, for the iniquity of our fathers, Jerusalem, your people, the reproach of all of those is around us. And we pray this for America too. That for the Lord's sake, for your sake, God, not for ours, because we have done wickedly. We deserve what you've done. You have been righteous in everything that you did because you told us and we didn't do it. So you had to do it because you're God. But now, don't forsake us. I read where it was 70 years. So he says, for your sake, God, don't forget. For your sake, cause your face now to shine Upon your sanctuary, which is desolate. Oh my God, incline your ear and your, your heart and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolation that lies before us. The city that is called by your name lays desolate now. We do not present our supplication before you because we've been righteous. No, but because of your great mercy. Are we asking for these things? Oh Lord, hear my prayer. Oh Lord, forgive. Oh Lord, please listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake and for your own well-being. And for your city, your people, which are called by your name. I want you to know something. That's the prayer of Daniel. And you see how he goes and he acknowledges they did wrong. That God told them they didn't listen. And we got what we deserved. But he says now, it's time. Your word said it's time. So don't, don't let our iniquity become your iniquity. Remember us, Lord. Be with us. Act. And I want you to know that when a humble heart confesses. You know, that's the only thing we have to do today too once you're in Christ. Confess your faults before me and I'm faithful and just to forgive you of those sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He just did that. And he spilled his heart out to God. And when a child of God prays with such a penitent heart, you know what happens? God acts. Because that's the God we serve. He is the God of grace and mercy. And listen to verse 20 now. Now... Well, I was yet speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God and for the holy mountain of God. While I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, which I had seen in the vision at the beginning, he was caused to fly swiftly to me and he reached me about the time of the evening offering. Isn't that great? God heard and immediately that angel flew swiftly 
to be by his side. We're going to come back to Gabriel and the evening offering. It's, it, isn't it amazing? He came right at the time of the evening offering when I was praying again. And he informed me. And he talked with me. And he said this, O oh, Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand what's about to happen. At the beginning of your supplication, just when you begin to pray with that heart, something began to happen. O oh, Daniel, at the beginning of your supplication, the command went out from God. And I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, I want you to consider this matter and understand the vision. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for the holy city to finish the transgressions thereof, to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for the iniquity of Israel. But that will bring in everlasting righteousness. That will seal up the end of the 77s, will seal up the vision and the prophecy and to anoint the most holy one, the Lord Jesus Christ as king of kings. Now I want to stop for a second. I want you to look at that. Gabriel flew swiftly and he came at the time of the evening offering and he told me all the things that are going to happen. And in a minute he's going to say in verse 25, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the proclamation to rebuild the city and the walls and the streets thereof, from the proclamation to go do that, to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the Messiah, the Prince, the Lord Jesus Christ. It will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. That equals 69. The streets shall be built again and the wall even in the troublesome times. And after 62 weeks after the seven shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. Jesus, the Messiah, was born at the fullness of time just so that he could be cut off. Now, I want to go back to this Gabriel and the time of the evening offering. From the time that Daniel was told this by Gabriel was exactly 69 weeks until Christ came and was born. And you know what? Think about this. Do you know who it was that first told of the Christ to be born? The angel Gabriel. To who did he go to? Someone else. Zacharias. John the Baptist came first. And he came to Zacharias. Do you remember where Zacharias was? He was in the, he was in the temple, wasn't he? Offering up the incense on the altar. You know when they do that? Morning and evening sacrifice. So you guess when it probably was? Evening sacrifice. Only time he's ever been in there because you only get to serve one time your lot gets drawn. And the only time that he's ever got into the holy place. At the time of the evening offering. Sixty nine weeks after he said the same angel at the same evening offering time told Daniel, Messiah will come and be cut off. He appears to Zechariah at the time of the evening offering and says, you're going to have a son that's going to be the forerunner to the Christ. 
And then he goes to Mary, that same angel. And then he goes to Joseph and tells him. And that prophecy of Jesus being cut off in that 69th week happened at what time on the cross did he say it was finished? Three o'clock. From noon till three, it said, was three hours of darkness when he was being judged for the sins of the world. And after that three hours of darkness, the light came back and he said, I thirst. And then he dismissed his spirit, but he said, it is finished. And he dismissed his spirit unto God at three o'clock, the time of the evening offering. To the minute of God's appointed calendar, when Gabriel said, 69 weeks from today, Messiah shall be cut off here. At the same exact moment, when the evening sacrifice and the lamb was being offered up over in the temple, Christ said it is finished on the cross. That is how precise the calendar of God is. Now, with all of this in mind, he says, as we continue this this thought there, there's going to be this. Then the Bible doesn't say 70 weeks. I mean, your Bible does because that's the way they translated it. In the original language, it says 77s are appointed. And that's it, 77s. 69 sevens are going to be accomplished. Messiah is going to be cut off. But there has to be one more seven that takes place until the iniquity of Israel is over. That comes in the seven year tribulation time. Right now we have the in between time that we're living in. Until that time actually comes about. And the age of Israel is trying to be regathered. And then they have that that's seven years and in the middle of it, the Antichrist comes and, and all that. That's not for today's teaching. But there's one more seven that has to be done. That will happen and start to begin the clock of the process when the fall feasts take place. When that trumpet sounds and that fall feast takes place, the end of this age that we're living in right now is gone. And the seven-year age of Israel to finish their iniquity and those people to preach to Israel will take place but we that's why it says there that there will be 77s determined 69 of the sevens will be accomplished at the cutting off of Messiah then there will be the time that Jesus spoke of of war rumors rumors of war etc until the last sentence of verse 26 says in Daniel 9 Till the end of those wars and desolations are determined, 69 sevens will happen. Then there will be all of this, but then there will be one more so that that will accomplish all of it. And Christ will do that, and it's going to arrive on the blowing of the trumpets. So now in Leviticus chapter 23. Now I want to show you what this is going to look like. All of this has been built up as knowledge. For us to see the precision of God's calendar. And this is going to happen and take place. It says the Lord spoke to Moses saying. Speak to the children of Israel saying. In the seventh month. The first day of the month. You shall have a Sabbath rest. It shall be a memorial. Of the blowing of trumpets. And a holy assembly or convocation. This is a feast day. It is a holy gathering. It is a dress rehearsal for when the real thing comes. 
But you know, there's a word there that's very important right there as we begin. It says it's a memorial. And I got to thinking this week, a memorial of what? What's this a memorial of? What is this Feast of Trumpets every year to be a memorial of? If you want to turn to Exodus 19, I want to show you. You're speaking, this is a euphemism, you know, the blowing of the trumpets. I was blown away by what I found this week. Exodus 19, that's where the first mention of trumpets comes in. And I've told you before that when something is the first mention of something important, the thread runs entirely through the Bible. And it's a very important point, and we need to catch it. So Exodus 19, after Israel's left Egypt under the strong hand of God, and they came past Rephidim, the testing, and then they were moved to the wilderness. The first thing that God did as he brought them out, he told them to pitch their tent around Mount Sinai, the mount in the wilderness. And they pitched their tent beneath the mountain of God. And Moses went up to speak with God. And God said, I want you to tell my people something. They, I want them to remember. I want you to, we're going to build a memorial here in a minute. I want you to remember how that I brought you out of captivity. What have we been brought out of by the blood of Christ? captivity and bondage of sin i want you to know you've been brought out of captivity by my strong hand on the wings of eagles i bore you out of there and brought you to this place before me and you stand now therefore obey my voice and hear and keep my covenant and my command and you will be a special people to me you will be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation and you know what they failed but God has allowed that to become on us because what does it say we are? We're the kingdom of priests and the royal nation today of God. And so we, we are right now fulfilling that role before God. And then Moses went down and he said, you speak to the people and tell them they're going to gather to me. And so Moses spoke to him, And he responded with a hearty, all that the Lord has spoken, we will done. That's what the people said. All that God said, we will do. And God Moses brought those words and that commitment back to God. And God said, okay. Okay, I want you to gather the people in three days. I want you to tell them to go wash your clothes. Go sanctify and prepare yourselves and get ready before me. And I want you to gather on that third day on the mountain before me. And then it says this. So consecrate them in verse 10. The third day I'm going to come down upon Mount Sinai in all sight of all the people. Now look at verse 13. When the trumpet sounds long, they shall come up to the mountain. They'll be called to the mountain. And Moses told the people, and so they washed and they made ready. And now look at verse 16. It came to pass on the third day in the morning that there was thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mountain. And it was like a furnace and it was boiling over. And the fire of God appeared. And it says what began blowing? Trumpet. That's the first mention of the word trumpet. The trumpet began blowing and it was very loud. Guys, blow your trumpets again. I want, I want you to blow these while I'm reading this two verses here, okay? It says the trumpet began blowing and it was very loud. So much so that all the people in the camp trembled. Moses brought all the people out to meet with God. That was the call. Whew, thank you. That was the call to meet with God. And all the people came out and they were trembling. The mountain was on fire. God was coming down. The trumpets 
in heaven, the angelic trumpets were sounding and calling the people there. And then it says this. Now catch the symbolism. It says in verse 19, they became louder and louder. And Moses spoke and God answered by his voice. And now catch the symbolism. Verse 20. God came down to the very top of the mountain and called Moses up to meet with him at the tip top. The sounding of the trumpet meant God come down to call my people up. Do you see it? Do you see? God said then in Leviticus, I'm gonna, I want you to build a memorial so that you remember something every year. The trumpet sound means it's a promise I'm coming back to get you again. I'm coming back to meet with you and get you again. It's a memorial to remember every year. Oh, dearly beloved, this is our memorial that God has left for us to realize. Jesus said what? Let not your hearts be troubled. I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. If, if it weren't so, I would have told you so. But I am going to prepare a place in my Father's house that where I am, there you might be also. And I will come and take you to be with me and you will be with me. And that time of the trumpet call is a memorial from Exodus chapter 19 that he's going to come down with the cloud from the sky to call his servants up into the air on the top of the mountain to be with him and to meet with you. The day that the trumpet blows because Jesus said this, Matthew 24, 30 and 31. There's going to be a lot of things that happens. But when you see the sign of the Son of Man appear in heaven, and everyone will begin to mourn. Why? Because just like then, that trumpet sound is going to be eerie to those who do not know God. They will see the Son of Man appearing in the clouds of heaven as God was coming down on that day on the mountain. And there will be with power and great glory. And He will send His angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they will gather together the elect people of God from every four winds underneath heaven throughout the sky. And wherever the trumpet blows, they will be caught up together with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verses 51 through 56, listen to this, beloved. Flesh and blood doesn't inherit the kingdom of heaven. The way we are right now ain't going to get there. But he says this, behold, listen up. I'm going to tell you a mystery. What's the mystery? This mystery of the memorial of trumpets all the way through the Bible, this thread. I'm going to tell you and I'm going to share with you a mystery that wasn't known until now because God kept it secret. We shall not all sleep, but we will be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, when at that trumpet call, at the last trump, when the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. And this corruption will put on incorruption, and this mortal body will put on immortality. And when the corruption has been taken away and the mortal has been taken away then shall be brought to pass what was written death is swallowed up in victory oh death where is your sting oh hades or grave where is your victory that ain't enough for you how about another one first thessalonians chapter 4 
14 through 18. Are you guys excited? I, I don't know, but man, I don't want any of you, Paul says, to be uninformed about something. I want you to know what's going on. Now listen close here. I don't want you to sorrow over those who have fallen asleep like we have no hope. For we have a hope and a blessed assurance in Christ Jesus our Lord, whom God resurrected from the dead and now has set at Him at His right hand, and He's ready to come and get us when every soul that needs to be saved is going to name Jesus Christ. And once all have been saved, that trumpet's going to call. And He says this, because if we believe in verse 14, that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who are asleep in Jesus And this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remaining until the coming of the Lord will by no means proceed those who are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. Sounds like Exodus 19, don't it? And the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet him in the air. And thus shall we always be with the Lord. And then he says this. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Well, you know what, folks? The story don't end there. Paul didn't go, okay, period, chapter 5. No, he kept writing. Men put chapter 5 in there a long time ago. This is one continuous thought. This is one letter that he wrote to him. So the thought doesn't end right here. Why can we be comforted with these words? Look at chapter 5, verse 1. Turn the page. This is one thought about the day of the Lord, about the trumpet, about rising to meet Him in the air, about that feast of trumpet days that we've been building all of this on for three weeks. Now, listen to what he says, because remember I made you a promise last week that we can know, remember the reason we talked about seasons and how in Genesis 1 that God set those light-bearing things as signs, seasons, so that you will know the seasons and the times when they come. You remember how we said that Daniel, he prayed that prayer. It was revealed to him those 69 and 70 weeks. And guess what he did? He taught the wise men over there. He taught them. So they were watching, weren't they? They knew, okay, here is the 69th week. Messiah should be here. There's a star. It was today. Let's go. Let's go tell Herod, where is he that's born king of the Jews? They saw the signs. They, saw, they knew the season because Daniel had told them the season. So they were just looking for the sign, the exact day and hour. But they knew the season. They knew the year. They just didn't know the day and hour. Okay? So Paul is writing one complete thought. Christ is going to come. Trump's going to sound. You're going to be resurrected. Now, look at verse, chapter 5, verse 1. Here's why you can comfort one another with these words. But, here we go. He said, but, concerning the times and what? That's, that's that word moed that goes all the way back to Genesis 1, that I've set these signs for the seasons, the moeds, the assembly, the special times. But the, sign, the time and the seasons... Of this event happening, this time when Christ comes and the trumpet sounds, the moed, the appointed time on God's calendar. Now watch this. Concerning the time and the season of that trumpet blast taking place, you have no need that I should write of you. 
You ought to already know it because I taught it to you while I was there staying with you. Listen, you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night, right? And when they say peace and safety and sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. Once you know something, he's not talking to you and I. Look at the, look at the pronouns that he's saying there as he mentions this. I don't need to tell you because you already know the season I taught you. But they, them, and they. They are going to say, when you're telling them that it's time, when you're telling them it's time, can't we see the signs, it's time for the trump, they, unbelievers, the Holy Spirit's making a distinction here, they will say, no, it's all peace and safety. Quit telling me this. It ain't happening. You're crazy. They will say no, but then sudden destruction will come upon them because they weren't looking for the time and said, no, you're wrong. And like labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they, those who refuse to believe and heed the signs and the seasons, they shall have their destruction and shall not escape. But then notice, notice the change from the unbelievers to the believers. But, there's another beautiful but in the Bible. But, you brethren, now do you see the change in thought that now it's going from unbelievers, it first was believers, Christ is coming. Unbelievers aren't going to believe it and they're going to say you're crazy. But you, brethren, believers, you are not in darkness so that that day should overtake you as a thief. You ever been taught that? No, we always stopped with the thief in the night thing, didn't we? And didn't keep digging. No one knows the day, no one knows the day and the hour. It's like a thief in the night, so why even try? No. You don't know the day and the hour, but you know the season. You know the season. It's going to be on the Feast of Trumpets, just like he fulfilled the spring feast. He's going to fulfill the fall. So you got 20 days right now to the Feast of Trumpets. Do you got people that you love, that are family, friends? acquaintances that don't know Jesus Christ. We know the season's here. I don't know if it's this season or next year's season or what, but the season of the trumpet is here in 20 days. Don't we need to tell them about it? They may say, no, it's all peace and safety. You're crazy, but at least we told them. Whoever you need to tell, we've got 20 days to tell them. We've got 20 days to pray like Daniel prayed that he perseveres this country. But he says, brethren... You're not in darkness. I've already told you the season. The word of God has told you what's on his calendar and what it is. And it's going to happen. You just don't know the day and the hour. But every year there's a memorial. And I want you to remember it by this blowing of trumpets. And I want you to remember it by this holy convocation day. As a memorial that you prepare yourself leading up to it. Because this might be the season. If it's not. The next year you're preparing for the same thing. But be prepared every day because you know not the hour that the Lord calls you personally and not just all believers. But he says, comfort one another again. He finishes off again. Comfort one another. And listen to verse 9, church. Listen to verse 9 because I told you that this is the next thing that happens. And then, as you have seen, the age of the church is over and the last week of Israel has to come then 
for God to finish the 70th week of his desolation against them. He says, but God, verse 9, did not appoint us, you and I, he did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or we sleep, that we should live together with him, and therefore comfort each other with these words. Amen? Praise God. He says, I don't want you in darkness. I want you to know the truth. Are you going to search? Are you going to find? Are you going to believe? Are you going to grab a hold of the warning I'm giving you? It's the season of the trumpet. He said, they will say, but you, I have no reason to tell you. I've already told you. So as our worship team returns, 20 days, we said, it's coming on God's calendar. But I want you to know something. Your day on God's calendar might be today for salvation. You know what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6? It says this. We then, as workers together with Christ, we beseech and plead with you to receive the grace of God and not to receive it in vain, for he says there's an acceptable time. You see how God's got on the calendar the perfect timing of when this is going to happen. God has an acceptable time when he hears you and your prayers and when he touches your heart. And in the day of salvation, that day, I have succored thee. Behold, the scripture says, now is the accepted, the appointed time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. If this message is touching your heart and it's for you, would you respond today? Today is God's day of salvation. Not any other day. Let's pray. Father, we just. We stand in awe and in amazement. At your word. What separates you and proclaims you to be God. Above any others who claim to be God. Is prophecy. Is the ability to control history. And the ability to say. In thousands of points of promises. I declare it, it will happen here, and it happens to the, to the minute, Father. And you design it to be that way. And that separates you as God. No other thing, entity, being can do that. And you are God. And Father, you have laid out in love and presented to your people that they wouldn't be in darkness but they should know the season. And from Genesis 1, you said, please, take note of my seasons and mark them down and know my calendar and work with me on this, and it's for your good. I want you to know. And so, Father, thank you for revealing that to us and not keeping us in the dark. Thank you for putting this on our hearts to learn and to understand. May we be vigilant, Father, in reaching those who are lost and letting them know the urgency of the time. And Father, if there be any here this day, that it's urgency today, that today's the salvation, that they've not named Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord, and been baptized into Christ, as we mentioned in the beginning, for the remission of sins, that set apart this age of the Christian era, apart from the era of Israel, then let them come this day, Father. All things are prepared and ready there is clothing available. They will not leave here with wet clothes. 
Father, prepare their heart and their mind to respond to your call. And for those of us who have named Christ and have, have made that commitment to him in the likeness of his death, burial, and resurrection in the water, Father, may we be renewed in heart and spirit as Daniel was, that we now decide that we're going to set our face towards thee and that we're going to pray deep and penitent, Father, we're going to pray for our iniquities, for our faults. We're going to say how righteous you are and worthy of everything that's happened and how I didn't follow you. But Father, you said once you have confessed that and you made it known, I am faithful and just to forgive you of everything and cleanse you from the things you don't even realize. And it said from the moment that that prayer is made, that you send your angel out to make everything right. Father, may our face now be set towards you in prayer for ourselves, our community, our church, family, our, our families, our loved ones, for this state, this, this nation, this world, Father. We pray that you reign supreme. And thank you for grace and mercy that you revealed to us and letting us know the season. In Jesus' dear name, amen.
Try. 